The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Today, like we said, the word for us, the theme for this waiting and fasting period is changing. God is going to change destinies for good. And, and usually we would wait till God regain service before we unpack a lot of things. But from, I think from the last few God regain service, services, we've, because there's so much to share, that we are starting a three-part series on changing destinies for good. And today is part one. And we are looking at from Jacob to Israel. God changing a destiny from Jacob to Israel. Our text is Genesis 32, 1 to 32. And before we read it, the background to this story is that Jacob and Esau were twin um, sons of Isaac and Rebekah. Now, Isaac tilted towards Esau, Rebekah tilted towards Jacob. And from birth, they struggled for wood to come out. And even though Esau won at birth, Jacob held on to his legs. Imagine giving back to twins, one holding one's leg, you know, and, and all that. So it was drama from day one. And Esau felt he had won, but Jacob knew that he, he, he had the birthright in view. So he waited for the right time and he took the birthright. He didn't steal it. He, he took it. There are two different things. And I've explained that before. He did not steal it. He took it. Now, <laughs> now, um, so Esau got really angry and, and he was going to kill Jacob. And Isaac was too old to protect his son. So Isaac said to Jacob, you know what? You need to run. This guy's going to kill you. I don't want to lose a son. Run to your uncle Laban, several kilometers away. So Jacob ran to uncle Laban's house and stayed there for 20 years. At the end of 20 years, God led him to go back home. And that's where we picked the story from. And as Jacob started on his way again, angels of God came to meet him. When Jacob saw them, he exclaimed, this is God's camp. So he named the place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was angry and fuming, and living in the region of Seir, in the land of Edom. And he told them, give this message to my master, Esau. Humble greetings from your servant, Jacob. Until now, I have been living with Uncle Laban, and now I own cattle, donkeys, flocks, sheep, goats, and many servants, both men and women. I have sent these messengers to inform my Lord of my coming, hoping that you will be friendly to me. After delivering the message, the messengers returned to Jacob and reported, We met your brother, Esau, and he's already on his way to meet you. With an army of 400 men. And Jacob knew there was trouble. He was terrified at the news. He divided his household along with flocks, with the flocks and herd and camels into two groups. He thought if Esau meets one group and attacks it, perhaps the other group can escape. Then Jacob prayed, Oh Lord, O oh God of my grandfather, Abraham, and God of my father, Isaac. O oh Lord, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me I would treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown me, your servant. When I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Let me pause there for a while. You may think all you have is a walking stick. You are not going to end with a walking stick. Don't 
belittle your days of humble beginning. God is showing us here he can take a man from nothing and make him into a whole nation. Oh Lord, rescue me from the hands of my brother Esau. I am afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will surely treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore. Too many to count. Jacob stayed where he was for the night. Then he selected these gifts from his possessions to present to his brother Esau. 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys, 10 male donkeys. He divided these animals into herds and assigned each to different servants. Then he told the servants, go ahead with these animals, but keep some distance between the herds. He gave these instructions to the men leading the first group. When my brother Esau meets you, he will ask, I know him very well, whose servants are you? Where are you going? Who owns these animals? You must reply, they belong to your servant, Jacob. But they are a gift to his master, Esau. Look, he's coming right behind us. And Jacob gave the same instruction to the second and the third headsmen and to all who followed behind the heads. You must say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, look, your servant. Make sure you put your servant. Jacob is right behind us. Jacob thought, I would try to appease him by sending gifts ahead of me. When I see him in person, perhaps he will be friendly to me. So the gifts were sent ahead, on ahead, while Jacob himself spent that night in the camp. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his backup servant wives. You know, the man had wives and had backup wives. <laughs> and 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them after taking them to the other side. He sent over all his possessions. This left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of the socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What's your name? The man asked. He replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel, which means face of God. For he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Even today, the people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night. When the man strained the tendon of Jacob's hip, the Lord bless the reading and understanding of his words in Jesus' name. The first thing of the bat here is that, you see, the supernatural is real. It's real. In verse 2 immediately says, Jacob was going and angels came and, and met, met up with him. It, it was narrated as if it was a normal occurrence. The supernatural is real. There's more to life than meets the eye. There's more to life than what? 
that meet the eye. Like they say, in the western part of Nigeria, Nkombe, have you heard that before? There are things that are uh, not normal, not natural. So to live your life based on the natural alone is to change yourself. You need to learn how to engage the supernatural so that you can have the full benefits of your destiny delivered to you. Jacob understood that very clearly. So the spiritual controls the physical. Everything you see in the physical was first established in the, phys- in the spiritual. The spiritual controls the physical. So if you stand in front of the mirror, the person you see is not you. When you stand in front of the mirror, the person you see is not you. The pastor, who, who, is, who is the person? I've been seeing the person all my life. Exactly. The person is your body. That's your shell. That's just a shell you are in. You are inside. So look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is not me. I am where? I am inside. Because you are a spirit. You're a spirit. And to prevail in life, you have to, you need to have power with God. You need to have power with God. God is going to change your destiny for good. I know some people are like, oh, pastor, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm good. God has been good to me. Me, I don't need a lot of destiny changing thing. It's like this God really says, I'll just come and praise God, you know, and just have fun and, and just go. Because let's, those people that have big problems, God needs to change their destinies. <laughs> some of us, <laughs> we are cool. It's not your fault. You don't know any better. That's why you're talking like that. Let me show you. Jacob, with all intents and purposes, Jacob was a blessed man. Very blessed and comfortable. In fact, more than comfortable. He was a wealthy man. In verse 5, he was giving an account. He says, and now, this is Jacob speaking for himself, and now I own donkeys, flocks of sheep, and goats, and many servants, both men and women. And when I left home, I crossed this Jordan River. I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household filled two camps. That's a blessed man. But he still needed a supernatural encounter for his destiny to be changed for good. In our times today, Jacob could say, I have Accounts in pounds sterling, in euros, in dollars, in, in naira. They are boisterous accounts. That is what goats and sheep and donkey means. I have investment in precious stones, in gold, in diamond, in ruby. I have investments in stocks. That is, that's what he's trying to say. I've diversified my investments. I'm a comfortable guy. But he still needed a destiny-changing encounter. You need a destiny-changing encounter. Because it is one thing to be blessed. It's another thing to fulfill your destiny. You can be blessed and still be pitiable. There are a lot of people that are blessed physically. But heaven is looking at them and they are shaking their head in heaven. May that not be your story. And this season is for those people that will press into their destiny, the fullness of their destiny. This season is for those that are willing to press onto the next level. And if you are willing to press onto the next level, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what jumps at us immediately, again, from this passage of scripture, is, is what we've been saying repeatedly for a while and that is miracles happen outside of your comfort zone from this story of of Jacob we can see that miracles happen where outside of your comfort zone there were three things that happened to Jacob or that Jacob went through that shows us clearly that miracles don't happen in your comfort zone miracles happen only outside of your comfort zone the first thing that happened to him is that Jacob 
to fulfill his destiny, he needed to leave Laban's house. Jacob needed to leave Laban. For you to fulfill your destiny, you need to leave Laban. What does Laban represent? Laban represents the place of safety. Remember the story, Jacob ran to Laban's house for safety so that he doesn't get killed. So it's not that Laban's house is evil. But you see, you cannot stay in Laban's house and fulfill your destiny. God wants you to move from Laban's house. Laban's house represents a place of safety. And the truth is that nobody plays it safe into greatness. Nobody becomes great by playing it safe. Nobody. Laban's house is a place of comfort. In fact, Laban's house is the epitome of the comfort zone. The guy had wives. He had two wives. Imagine, two sisters, only him. Married two sisters. As if that was not interesting enough. He had two backup wives. What else can a man ask for in this life? I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. He had two wives, two backup wives. Abba. He had children, 11 sons. That is the definition of a comfort zone. The children, they grew up in the community. They already had friends. The wives, they, they already are integrated. And you are about to move them out? To step out of the comfort zone so that you can experience miracles? Then that is a mark of a great man. Praise the name of the Lord. Playing it safe. We only keep you in the comfort zone. But miracles only happen where? Outside of the comfort zone. So what represents Laban's house that you need to move out from? What represents that comfort zone that you need to break out from? God is saying to you today, you need to leave Laban's house. You know, I put together a graphic that depicts the comfort zone and, you know, and getting out of it. We all have this bubble. Many times we've created our own Laban's house where everything is cool. And that's where we like to be. But miracle happens where? That's where the action is. Outside of the comfort zone. You need to break out of the comfort zone. So let me tell your neighbor you need to leave Laban's house. So to fulfill his destiny, he needed to leave Laban's house. Number two, to fulfill his destiny, Jacob needed to face his Esau. Jacob needed to confront Esau. Jacob needed to face up with Esau. And that can be very uncomfortable. The Esau's in our lives, they represent those relationships that we just want to avoid. The Esau's we want to stay away from them. And you can't for a season. But you see, many times, God will require that you face up with Esau and square things out. If you look at the story of Esau and Jacob, they were twins. So, in a way, you could say Esau was a part of Jacob because they were twin brothers. So, the Esau's in our lives, they represent that part of us that will sell our birthright in exchange for pleasure. The Esau's in our lives are a part of us, and we all have that part of us that wants to take the shortcuts to glory, that doesn't want to pay the price, that just wants to exchange your birthright for pleasure. The Esau's in our lives are that part of us that want instant gratification. The Esau in us don't want 
delayed gratification. The essence in us want instant gratification. The essence in us want to satisfy the longing of the flesh. Wants to eat the porridge and still keep the batrites. The essence in us wants to feed the habit that is leading us down the drain. The essence in us. And by the grace of God, as someone that has overcome Esau, and he continues to overcome Esau, I say to you, you will overcome Esau. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You will overcome Esau. Jacob needed to face Esau. It's not enough to leave Laban's house. You have to deal with Esau. And Jacob knew that and that, believe me, is not the comfort zone. That is outside of the comfort zone. That is so outside of the comfort zone. But Jacob also realizes, because he, he, he looked at Esau's, um, Esau, he, he, sent, he started by sending a message to Esau. and said to, to him, oh, go and tell him that I have sheep, I have goats, I have donkey, I have cattle. Uh, you know, pride of life. This is my CV. Esau. What did he get in return? Esau got up with 400 men. Oh, yeah, we will see. You have goat, you have cow, you have... Then Jacob said, wait a minute. <laughs> this one is not working. Okay, Esau, take gifts. Take um, donkey. Take I mean, three trenches. He tried to appease Esau. But you see, Jacob knew in his heart that Esau is insatiable. You cannot, you say, the flesh is insatiable. You cannot say, oh, let me just satisfy the flesh a little bit. The flesh can never be satisfied. So Jacob realizes that Esau can take up all these gifts and can still kill me. Before I face up to Esau, I need to face up with God. Without God, I cannot handle Esau. My gifts can do it. My credentials can do it. My accomplishments can do it. And that is the third um, discomfort zone, if you will, that Esau had to enter. He had to face God. And facing God, particularly in this situation, if you see how, what happened in, in Esau's case, from verse 22, it says that during the night that, in Jacob's case, that Jacob got up and took his two, his two wives, took his two backup wives, his 11 sons, and sent them across the river Jabbok. And that's not all. After taking them to the other side, the Bible says that he sent over all his possessions. Jacob knew that for me to face God, I don't need distraction. For me to face God, my wives have to go. My children have to leave me alone. Even my possessions, I have to get rid of my possessions. I need to face my God. You see, there comes a time in a man's life that your spouse cannot help you. There comes a time in a woman's life that your husband, your husband can be the prayer warrior for Africa. He can't help you. You have to face God yourself. Yourself. And your possessions can't help you. Your mobile phones, some of us can't even do without our phones. You need to let the phones go. Shut down the tablet. Put off the TV. Send your possessions across the river. So that you can focus on God. And, and Jacob needed to do that. And in verse 24, what happened immediately when Jacob did that, he says that this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of the socket. Then the man said, let me go, for it is done, for dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, 
I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, so the person, let's, let's pause there. The man, quote and unquote, that Jacob was wrestling with was God, actually. So Jacob was wrestling with God and God could not win Jacob. Now think about that. What makes a man able to hold God down to his, to his stalemate, to his standstill all night? What is it? We're going to learn it today. How could Jacob hold down God and say, I'm not letting you go until you bless me? And guess what? God needed to do Ojoro because God did Ojoro. He removed Jacob's hip. You know, Ojoro is a... How do you say Ojoro in English again? Is what? Trickery. Oh. <laughs> Why? Even at that, you know, the Bible says even when God removed his hip, He's dislocated his hip. His God still could not go. God, and he says something that is very instructive. He says, the dawn is about to break. I need to go. That obviously tells us there are certain spiritual exchanges that happen only at night. You say, oh, pastor, why do we do vigils? Why do we do daily vigils? Why are we always praying in the night? Listen, there are certain Spiritual activity that once the day breaks, it stops. There are certain angelic activities that don't take place in the day. I'm not saying God doesn't answer prayer in the day. Is that what I'm saying? But there are certain operations that we need to do at night. That's why we are here. Praying at night when everybody else is sleeping. Then when they wake up, we will get the answer. Praise the name of God. So, so God said to, to, to Jacob, I need to go. It's done. Jacob said, who cares if it's done? You are going nowhere until you bless me. Ah. Then God said to him, okay, okay, what's your name? What's your name? Let me go quickly. He says, oh, um, my name is Jacob. And God says, um, your name will, will no longer, now here is, yeah, listen to this, your name will no longer be Jacob. Oh yeah now, are you sleeping? Your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be Israel because you have fought with God and man and you have prevailed. You have power with God and with man and you have prevailed. You have power with who? And with? And you have? That is very powerful because if I say to myself, what makes a man wrestle with God and God himself said you won. What, how can a man engage God and win? How can a man, a mere man, a mortal man, wrestle with God and win? Jacob held God down. I'm praying that today you will learn how to hold God down and win. God himself will say you have won. How did he do it? There are key things here. <laughs> but we share one major one on how to prevail in the spiritual. How do I prevail in the spiritual? The answer is this. Don't take no for an answer. Now, when you look at that on the surface, you think, oh, pastor, is, I mean, is that not just um, being stubborn or being strong-headed? I mean, how can, how can my Ogboju, you know, achieve? Is it, are you trying to teach us Ogboju, spiritual Ogboju, or spiritual... Um, <laughs> 
no, 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 no. I'm going to drill down so, so that you can really see what I'm talking about. How not to take no for an answer. So what is it if it is not a giddy? What is it? It's simple. It's the, the question to you, Anna, is what has God said concerning you? Once you find what God has said concerning you, after you have established that, lock it down. So Jacob was not just being strong-headed. Jacob was saying to God, if you, if you read from verse 9, Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, Oh God, you told me. I mean, that is amazing. He says, you told me. Return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me I will treat you kindly. No, no, no. Let's pause there for, for a while. So, so this Jacob refusing to take no for an answer is based on the word of God. Jacob was saying, you said so. You said this about me. You are not going until you bring it to pass. You said it. Look at verse 12. It says, but you promised me. I mean, you, that sounds like a child. Have you ever promised a child I will buy you a bicycle? Christmas. And Christmas comes, you say, uh, the, the economic situation, economic what? The child will not let you rest. But daddy, you said, you, you, might, you said, you said, you will sell your shoe and buy the bicycle. <laughs> That's what we see here. Jacob was locking it down with God and he was saying, you promised me, you, I will surely treat you kindly. I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sand and the seashore. We are just two camps. We are not yet as many as the sand and the seashore. I'm not going to die yet. This issue is not going to kill me. And Jacob locked it down with God. The question is, what has God said to you? I'm here to say to you today that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what God has said to you will come to pass. Everything God has said to you will come to pass. Don't take no for an answer. Stay in that place and change it. I mean, what I'm sharing with you, it's, it's, it's huge spiritually. It may sound simple, but it's huge spiritually. The ability to have influence in the spiritual realm. Listen, there are many people that have plans for your life. There are many people, you know, you heard Chimis' uh, testimony, that everyone have cost you. They have negative testimonies for your life. But again, which one is it going to come to? Which one is going to come to pass? Who is it that said anything that came to pass when God has not said it? But I even want to take it higher. There are certain things that are actually ordinances that everyone has approved of. But if you understand this thing, you can change them. Is it getting too deep? Are you understanding me? Joseph had a dream. In his dream, he saw this, the moon and stars, the moon and sun and seven stars bow to him. Israel this Israel is an Obonga guy. Israel said, ah, ah, you mean I will bow to you? Joseph said, ah, that, that's what God showed me. Whether you like it or not, you will bow. Israel changed it. Check. Everybody bowed to Joseph apart from Israel. In fact, Israel had to bless Joseph. And his children. If he didn't change it, he was going to prostrate. There are certain, there are certain things. Take the case of Job. Job, there were discussions happening about Job's destiny. He didn't know, so he couldn't intervene. He couldn't intervene. He couldn't change it. 
Job cried out, I wish I had a man that could intercede for me. There are certain things, listen, that have been written and it is contrary to you. This season, you will change it. In the name of Jesus. There are many things. I can tell you a story about students doing in my life. They said, this is it. And I checked with God. God says, hey, that's what they have said now. I said, but you know that's not going to happen. And he doesn't say anything. And I, engage, and I change it. I cancel it. And it stands canceled. This land that we are on, we are not supposed to enter this land. Do you know that? I've shared this story before. I said, hey, is that what they are saying? The Holy Spirit said, yes, that's what they are saying. I said, but you know that's not going to happen. And he said, well, that's up to you. And I changed it. And we are here today. Now, listen. Some things are dangerous. Too. If you get this thing, someone, 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 someone says something about you, why are you afraid? Go and meet your father and change it. <laughs> Go and meet your father and do what? Change it. Change it. That is not what we agreed. That is not what you told me. When God called me, that was not what he told me. This is not what you told me. This was not what you told me. But this is, this is what, I, I, there are certain maneuverings that I've made sure that this is happening. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to accept that. Ah, then you change it. Then I change it. And it stands. Because Glory be to Jesus. Because, because they that know their God shall be strong and they shall do. Don't live your life to chance. Don't live your life to chance. People are, people are mean. People are wicked. So if you, if you are waiting for people to wish you well, ah, you have to wish yourself well. And engage the supernatural to bring that wishes, well wishes to pass. Uh, praise the Lord. So Jacob said, I will not accept it. I will not let you go. While praying for this weekend, God said to me, and I wrote it down, I'm going to share with you. He said, this season, he says, rather, this is a season where promises will be fulfilled. He said, long-standing promises. He says, promises he, God, made to your fathers. Some of you, your parents have done certain things you don't know that pleased God. They did not repeat in their lifetime. It's going to happen in your lifetime. In the name of Jesus. I didn't say so. He said so. He said so. And you may say, okay, okay, but pastor, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't, because if you look at the story of Jacob, Jacob did not go and look for the prophet of his father. Jacob went and and sought the God of his father. Many times, many people are looking for one prophet to give them a word. No, 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 no. Everybody must find God by himself. Everybody must find God by himself. And if, if, if you were here when we did the, the series on God says the Lord is so important, and, and I want to recommend you, even if you were here, to get it and sit down with it and, and soak it in. Everybody must be able to find God by him or herself. Therein lies your strength. You're, you are as strong as your relationship with God. Therein lies your secret. Therein lies your strength. But I haven't said that. If you say, okay, but pastor, I, I don't have a word from God. How do, what do I hold on to? How, what do I lock down? Maybe I'm still developing my hearing from God. I, I don't have anything right now. What I want to tell you, if you're a member of God's favorite house, you have a word already. This year, God says you will have victory. 
In the mighty name of Jesus. That is a word you can take to heaven and lock it down. And as surely as day follows the night, you will have victory. Oh, I don't have a word. Another word. Simple. God says to us this season, says this season is changing destinies for good. So you can personalize it. You can say, God, you said you will change. That's what I do. That's what actually I'm, I'm telling you one of the things I do. You said you will change my destiny for good. And lock it down. And guess what will happen? You will change it for good. You say, no, Pastor, I, I, I'm just um, visiting you for the first time. I don't consider myself a member of God's family house. What about me? It's simple. Are you a child of God? If you're a child of God, God says you will be above only and you will never be beneath. That is a word from God you can lock down. As many as are children of God, God says to you there will be no barren in the land. You are going to have your children. Lock it down. Lock it down. Lock it down. You're still struggling to parent, but God has said concerning you, you will lend unto nations. And you will not borrow. So you can't take that to God and lock it down this season and say, You said I will lend to nations. ATMs are seizing my card. Because I've overdrawn. <laughs> you know, it has happened to me before. I went to the ATM and I put my card and just like, ah. <laughs> We have been waiting for this card. <laughs> you know, it wasn't because I overdrawn, but something else happened. <laughs> but I remember that story. But the key thing here is this. You have to, like jo- J- Jacob, refuse to take no for an answer. Many times people come to me and say, oh, pastor, I have prayed, I have fasted, I have sown seed, and they looked dejected. And, you know, honestly, I, I feel for them. I feel for them, honestly. But you want to know how I really feel inside? I'll be milder than the first two services. I'll try. Honestly, I feel you are just telling me crap. Total crap. I don't have time for nonsense. It's total nonsense. Okay, sorry. I said I won't be. It's total nonsense. You know why it's nonsense? It doesn't hold water spiritually. Anything that doesn't hold water spiritually, leave it alone. I have prayed. I have fasted. So bloody what? I have given. I've not. So, so what? You give it what it takes. Everybody say, I, I. we give it what it takes. Jacob did not say, oh, but God, I've prayed for two hours. Did he say that? In fact, it was God that was trying to escape. And Jacob said, you are not going. Many times, we, I don't know if it's laziness, I don't know what it is. But we say, oh, but I've been praying. So What? But, Pastor, I've been fasting. So what? Keep fasting. But I've been giving. Keep giving. You know why? You don't count the minutes of your prayers. You count the results of your prayers. You don't count the length of your fasting. You you count the results of your fasting. You don't count the seeds that you have sown. You count the bountifulness of your harvest. So as long as there's a desire in this place, there will consistently be prayer. So we don't say, oh, we're going to pray. Look, the the issue is not not that, okay, this mountain will move. After I've prayed for two minutes, sometimes it's two minutes, the mountain moves. Praise God. Sometimes it's two hours, the mountain moves. Praise God. Sometimes it's two days. Praise God. Sometimes it's two months. Praise. Sometimes it's two years. Praise. But the key thing is this mountain must move. 
We are not backing down. This mountain must move. And Jesus says, ah, I wish I can find this kind of faith on earth when I come back. The faith that will not back down. The faith that will take God at his word and say, I don't care whether it's done. I don't care whether the sun is coming out. You are not going anywhere until you bless me. That makes you unstoppable. Everyone that has said horrible things about you, they are coming to prostrate. They are coming to prostrate. You can go and write it down. It says, it says, you know, so, so God himself says, okay, okay, this boy, you don't go kill me. What do you want? What is your name? Now, God say, okay, okay, what is your name? Did God know his name? God knew his name. Before we were born, God knew us. He says, okay, what is your name? He says, my name is Jacob. He says, okay, fine, that's your problem. That name is your problem. I need to give you a new name. Your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be Israel. God is going to change your name. For certain people, it's going to be physical change of name, if, if need be, yes. But for, for many people, it's going to be a spiritual change. But you see, you want to consider it heavily at this season. If your name is detrimental to your greatness, change it. If your name is a should be, ah, you don't need a prophet, change the name. It should be is the devil has given birth to this. This one. That's a name that is going to help you. Sometimes some names are neutral. <laughs> like I shared the first two services, you know, I heard, I heard somewhere that the Chinese, I heard, that the Chinese, when they want to name their baby, they take a spoon and they drop it on the floor. And if you say, ching chong ching, that will... Be be the name of the child. I, I, I said I heard. I'm not saying it is true. But the point is that some names are just neutral. How can they name somebody Rice? Have you heard Rice before? Bush. Carpenter. There's nothing wrong with carpenter, actually. <laughs> if he's a good carpenter. Praise the name of the Lord. Because your name is your identity. You can't rise above your name. As your name is, so you will be. It's your spiritual destiny. It's your prophetic destiny. Nabal is his name, Foley is with him. You cannot, his name shall be called Jesus, Yeshua, because he will save his people from their sins. Your name speaks concerning your destiny. If God is going to change your destiny for good, you will start with your name because that is your source. Praise the name of the Lord. But today, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will prevail. You will wrestle with God and prevail. You will wrestle with men and prevail. God will give you a new name. Your destiny will be changed for good. From Jacob to Israel. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. I want you to just say to God, I knew, I mean, for some of us, I'm telling you what is in your heart right now, I knew this day will, will come. I knew this day will come. You have that witness in your heart that this day will come and it has come. Talk to God about it. But there, there, there are people here, you see, Esau you, wants to destroy you. 
the appetite wants to destroy you, wants to take you out. But you need to face God before you can overcome Esau. You're saying, Pastor, I don't want to die like this. I want to fulfill my destiny. But this Esau is killing me. I need to come to God. You have never given your life to Jesus. Or you used to be saved, but you are in the claws of Esau. I want to pray with you right now. You don't need to come forward wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly, I will pray together. God bless you. Put up your hand. God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Over there. God bless you, over there. God bless you, over there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. Keep the hands up. God bless you, right there. Keep the hands up. God bless you. That is me, Pastor. That is me. I will not be overtaken. I will not die in the cross. God bless you, my sister. I will not die in the cross of Esau. That is me. That is me, Pastor. I want to come to Jesus. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Today is the day of transformation. From Jacob to Israel. Let's talk to God. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you cleanse them and deliver them totally. Totally, my Father. Oh, even those online, deliver totally. Everybody in this place, Lord, the grace, my Father, to experience the change of destiny for good give unto us. Give unto us, Lord, and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name.